The 98th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber, front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. I am now joined by ESPN and ACC Network College Basketball Antilus Debbie Antonelli. Good morning, Debbie. Welcome to the show. Hey, Josh. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for taking some time out of your ever-busy schedule to come on and talk to me about the Tar Heels. And look, Carolina sits at 20-8, and and they are 12-5 and in ACC play. What has stood out to you the most about this year's team? I, I know you've seen them up close and personal a few times in the last couple of weeks. Well, I think they're... You know, they've been inconsistent at times, but I think they're starting to figure it out, and I think it all relies on the backcourt of R.J. Davis and Caleb Love. You know, they have to deliver when they play well, and they uh, they get to the free-throw line. They don't turn the ball over. I think those are things that help get them in rhythm because there's other players that can score. Manic can score, and Baycott is obviously a, a huge target on the inside. So, you know, as we trim down the games to March – you got to have great guard play, and I think this young backcourt is figuring it out. You mentioned Armando Baycott. He's now up to 21 double-doubles this season. The record for Carolina in a regular season is 23, held by Bryce Johnson back during the 2015-16 season. Did you see this type of production coming from Armando Baycott in his junior year? I think we all expected it. I think anybody would be lying if they said they didn't. I mean, his size, his skill set, his motor – uh, his ability to score around the rim, uh, th- that should not be a surprise with, with um, his combined skill set and, and his energy level. When he plays like that, he's really tough to deal with. And uh, I think he's, he's you know, um, been able to do a really good job of controlling the paint on both ends of the floor for North Carolina. He's not an above-the-rim guy, but he's got great skill and footwork down uh, in the paint, and I think that's one of his great strengths. You mentioned Carolina's backcourt, that being of Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. And all summer long, we talked about how the change of philosophy was going to bring out the best in those two guys opening the floor whatnot. Has their play lived up to the expectation you had for them entering this year? You know what, Josh? Here's what I think. You know, when you're changing the pace of what you do and you're asking players to do things at a faster rate, I think it takes some time to adjust. Just because they have that skill set to be able to play full court um, and, and to be able to make plays and, and transition. When the game speeds up in the quarter court as well, because this is not just a north and south effort to speed the game up. It's a it's a quarter court effort to change the cadence that you play with. And there's times when Caleb has really struggled with that. I mean, he had seven turnovers in the Louisville game, but he was really aggressive getting to the free throw line the last couple of games. As a matter of fact, if you look at Caleb's numbers, the last four games, he's got 20 assists and 16 turnovers. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, you'll take the 20 assists, but 
part of that is playing the game faster and being able to make the reads. And, you know, your handle is good. It's not the primary defender that's the issue in turning the ball over. It's the secondary defender or the next level. Or if you get to the second level, it's the third level, being able to make that play. So I think, you know, it, it takes some time. But I think this is now North Carolina. Like, look, Caleb's turning the ball over more, but he's trying to be more aggressive. I think Hubert Davis would deal with that and live with that because you can see the evolution of the change in his mindset. So, uh, you know, no, you don't want to turn the ball over, but I think it's a part of the process. You mentioned Carolina's been an inconsistent team at times, and that's mainly been on the defensive end of the court. In their wins, Carolina's holding opponents to roughly 65 points per game, and their losses, that number balloons all the way up to 90. Is there a reasonable explanation for their defensive woes and the losses that they've experienced this season? Is there a reasonable explanation? I'm sure no North Carolina fan thinks there's anything reasonable about losing, right? But I would say this, Josh. Um, I think sometimes their ball screen defense is suspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see a lot of play, uh, teams will put Baycott in some ball screen defense. You know, I always say there's only seven different ways you can guard a ball screen. Under, overhead, strap, ice jam, switch, or some variation of that. And North Carolina was playing a lot of drop coverage in the beginning of the season, and I think they've they've tried to adjust. You know, and you have to adjust in this league. The guard play and the play is too good. You can't play the same way all the time. And I think that's a change for them as well. Brady Manick has been the unsung hero of this team at different points in the year. Most recently in that game, you were on the call for at Clemson where he hit the game-winning bucket. How has he fit in at Carolina after transferring in from Oklahoma over the summer? Exactly the way Hubert Davis wanted to play his system was with a stretch four. And uh, he's unique and different. Uh, North Carolina doesn't typically play that way or hasn't in the past. So Brady has pick and pop uh, capability. He also can handle and make decisions on the top. He's not just a stretch guy who can pick and pop and shoot threes. He can make decisions with the basketball. So I call them hybrids. He's more of a hybrid four than he is just a stretch four. And uh, he can rebound. And and I think he gives them size on the inside that they've always had. But he just gives him uh, better spacing on the floor because he can stretch with his three-point shooting. Dawson Garcia is currently away for the team dealing with family issues. And Anthony Harris was suspended for academic issues earlier in the year, which means Carolina right now is only playing seven to eight guys at the most. Why hasn't Hubert Davis been able to expand his bench throughout the season? I think that happens in practice. So uh, I'm not in practice every day. So you'd have to ask coach that or ask some of those players that aren't getting any minutes. Cause I can tell you right now, there's not a coach that I know that doesn't want to win and wouldn't want to expand their bench if they could, but that's got to happen in practice. So I'm not sure what's happening there. I'm not bailing on you. I'm just telling you that's the truth as a coach. That's where it happens. And, um, you know, I had Notre Dame Syracuse last night. They both go seven deep. Uh, there's not a lot of teams that go past seven or eight. So do you think it's sustainable for Carolina to make a deep run into the ACC tournament and if they make the NCAA tournament just playing seven or eight guys? Sure. I think it happens a lot. Uh, I think you have to control the tempo of the game. But um, I will also say this. If you don't get a double bye in the ACC tournament this year, I don't think you have a chance of winning. I think it's too hard. It's going to be too hard to be certainly five days in a row is challenging. But four days in a row is equally as challenging, and three is hard enough with the level of competition that we'll see in Brooklyn. So, um, yeah, you can win with seven or eight. Absolutely. Despite the 20-8 and eight record, which the 20 wins are more than both Dean Smith and Roy Williams had in their first seasons on the job in Chapel Hill, many fans, including myself at times, have been frustrated with Hubert Davis for different reasons. In his first 28 games as a college basketball head coach, what have you learned about him? 
he's a competitor and nobody wants to win more than him and his staff. All you have to do is watch their reaction during games. They're all Carolina guys. They have all experienced winning at a high level. Hubert is no different. And uh, some of the mistakes um, you have to, you know, they're young guys. You know, here's the thing we forget. You know, I'm not making excuses for him because I have a young man that plays college basketball as well. They're boys in these big bodies. They're, some of them aren't even men yet. And, you, you know, there that comes with it. It's part of the inconsistency of, of growing up. You've got to learn. you got to get better. You can't make the same mistake twice. If you make the same mistake twice, that's shame on you. Right. You got to figure it out. And sometimes you got to play through it. I think he's done an excellent job coaching his team. It's not an easy situation at all to move into that program. There is a lot of responsibility carrying the brand of North Carolina. I think Hubert has managed it well. He's been honest in the media. He's been transparent and he tells you how he feels about his team. But I also think when he's with his guys and they're in the locker room and they're figuring it out, I think he's a tremendous leader. We're talking with Debbie Antonelli, ESPN and ACC college basketball analyst. A few more, Debbie, and I'll let you go. Um, the ACC currently has one team ranked in the AP Top 25, that being the Duke Blue Devils, as we're getting closer to the end of the regular season. Why hasn't the league had the type of bounce-back season I think we all expect them to have this year? I think it has to do with uh, non-conference play and scheduling and not winning enough games in that in that portion of the schedule to be able to affect their their net. You know, when you play certain teams in the league, your net shouldn't go down. Sometimes it goes down. That's unfortunate in the league. It happens a lot. Every league has that happen. But uh, uh, I can't really explain it. I can't really explain it except for the metrics don't seem to work out. But I can tell you this, being around the league all summer, or and all summer, I mean all fall, and being around the league this season, uh, I, I do think that the teams that do get in, and there should be five, uh, good luck. I mean, you're seeing Notre Dame as a nine seed, or you're going to see Wake Forest as a nine seed, or North Carolina as a ten seed. Mm. I don't think you want to be in those situations uh, on the other side of the bracket. So, you know, we'll find out when we roll around in the tournament how many of them can advance to the Sweet 16. I think we'll be surprised. Hubert Davis has praised Leaky Black for his defensive performances throughout the season. If you had to vote, would you elect him to be the ACC Defensive Player of the Year? You know what? I think he's on the team. Uh, I think Kihei Clark's going to be on that list. I, I also think Mark uh, Williams at Duke is probably a front runner for that award as well. I think we have multiple candidates to win that that award. I'm not sure I would call him the best defensive player in the league. I, I would might give that nod to Mark Williams myself, uh, just because of the way he's protected the rim and he blocks 62% of the shots into into transition, um, which is a big number. Um, I, I I think he's definitely on the team. You mentioned the NCAA tournament, and Carolina, as of last night, was seated as a 10 seed, according to your colleague Joe Lenardi. For Carolina to, for Carolina to secure themselves in the in in the field, what do they have to do over the last three ACC games in the ACC tournament? Well, they got to win, starting with NC State, which is their next opponent. They won by 20 in Chapel Hill. I would expect NC State to give them a bigger fight and a better fight than they gave them in Chapel Hill, um, but they got to win. You know, you've got it in front of you. You can control it. Do you have to worry about the metrics in terms of the, the net and other things if you just keep winning? You're on the right path one and two in a row. I say keep winning. You take care of it. I'll get you out on this, Debbie. Is it fair to say that Carolina goes as far as Caleb Love takes them? Uh, no, I don't think that's fair. I think there's a combination of uh, – um, excuse me. I think there's a combination of Baycott along with R.J. Davis – 
I think Brady Manick is going to stay hot and Leakey has to do his job. I don't think it's a one-man show in Chapel Hill. I think it's a combination of four or five guys doing their job and doing it well. So I wouldn't put that on Caleb. Uh, I would put that on the entire team. It's going to take all those guys working together for them to be able to pull it out. Well, Debbie, I do want to thank you again for your time. I know you've had a busy schedule. I know you're still staying over from your call last night up in, in South Bend, Indiana. And uh, appreciate your time. Hope we can do it again uh, uh, again soon. Thank you so much, Josh. All right, thank you. You have a great day. There you go, guys. That's Debbie Antonelli. ESPN and ACC college basketball analyst. We're going to take a quick break. I'll get you this week's ad from DraftKings, and when we come back, we'll shut down this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big day payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 older Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details for a list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Voidware prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Hey guys, Anthony here. Make sure you head over to the website, check out Josh's recap of the Louisville game that we were just talking about here. Um, He's got some great insight on how Carolina was able to pull out the victory over the Cardinals 70-63. He'll also have a preview of Saturday's game against NC State going up. On the football side of things, Mac Brown had a pre-spring press conference today. We'll have the takeaways from that And we'll also have weekly storylines once again for some of the other off-the-field stuff that you guys should be keeping an eye on. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all the great offers I've been giving you on the four-corner side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog side of things. Well, this is going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Do encourage you guys to go to the website, heeltoughblog.com, to check out the latest football and basketball coverage. As for the podcast, you know where to find us. We're on every major podcasting platform. Simply just search the Four Corners Podcast and we'll pop up. Like the pod, review the pod, but most importantly, we do encourage you to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the podcast throughout the remainder of the basketball season. 
Well, this is going to wrap up this edition of the pod. I want to thank Debbie once again for coming on to talk with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels.